Welcome to 21st Century Women, the podcast that celebrates fabulous women doing interesting things. Each month, Jenna Watts explores different topics with the help of women who are high achievers in their field. They chat without judgment, learn from each other, and have a good laugh along the way. And now, here's Jenna. Welcome back to 21st Century Women, where we talk to fabulous women doing interesting things, and we're talking to another very interesting woman this morning. Her name is Nancy Soleri. She's a trusted life coach, best-selling author, radio show host, expertise in overcoming obstacles, and CEO of Living Full Out. All the way over in America, welcome, Nancy, to 21st Century Women podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Nancy, at the, I would say, tender age of 16, you were diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa. I hope I've said that right. And over the years, you've experienced subtle yet very measurable vision loss. And reading your bio, I find it quite astounding. You've had a very successful career. And I would love to know how you've created this career and, and worked with the vision loss rather than letting it work against you. That is a great question, Um, and you're right. I mean, at 16, all I wanted to do was get my license, right, and do all the teenage things. But um, when myself and my two sisters, uh, who are just a couple years older than me, we were all three diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa, and and it's a degenerative eye condition, so there there really is no cure, and there hasn't been in all these years. Um, but I very much wanted a, a career in broadcasting. Now, you know, like anybody who goes to college, you don't know like what that's going to look like exactly. But I, although I had some restriction in my vision from 16 over college, you know, the, in those years I still drove. I didn't have great vision, but you know, with contact lenses and things, I was able to get through college and that sort of thing. It was really in my 20s and 30s where literally every couple of years, my vision would take a jump in Mm. a negative direction. And sometimes it would just be night vision getting really, really dark or, you know, lines on the road disappearing and having to give up driving or ultimately faces disappearing and really only being able to see the creaminess of one's skin up against like their dark hair. Now, the thing that's interesting is broadcasting is such a sighted world, sighted in reading teleprompters, sighted in in visuals of commercials and everything. Um, I finally found my home in radio because, interestingly enough, you don't need vision to do radio, (laughs) right? Mm. And what I started to do was, was rely less on trying to fit myself into a certain hole. And I had to really just embrace, okay, what are my strengths? My strengths is I'm a good listener. My strengths is that I give, well, people would say good advice. But I also knew that although I had the limitation of being blind, I just used that as a strength. So without being distracted in the studio by clocks or what other people are doing or, you know, what things look like, being blind, I'm very focused on who I'm talking to. So I just share that with all all your listeners because in whatever your endeavors are, your goals are, you know, a, a, a flaw or a disability may actually be a superpower. What's your eyesight like today, Nancy? 
what's my what's my what like? I saw it like today. What's your vision like today? Oh, great question. So today it's very grainy and very blurry. And like I said earlier, it's really hard to see people's faces. I, I might see the dark darkness of their eye sockets, but like the nose and the mouth and the creaminess of the cheek, that's all kind of one color. Or I might see a moving blob, and I know that moving blob is some sort of a car or a truck or something. But I can't really see definition like in stairs or counters. I look at a stop sign, and because I had vision when I was younger, I know that it's red. So I, it's almost like the mind fills in that mm. the stop sign's red. If I look at the sky, I can't really see the blue sky, but I know what a blue sky looks like, so I kind of fill it in with my mind. Now, what, what's actually kind of cool is that although I can't see people, I fill in in my mind what I think somebody looks like based upon their personality. Mm. So it's not an actual visual of someone, but like their aura, who they are. Do you think, Nancy, that it's been an advantage or a disadvantage that your eyesight has become less over these years? You know, you've had the opportunity to see the sky and to see these beautiful things of the ocean and all the wonderful things. Do you think... like? Do you think it's harder that now that you have you know what it's like, or sometimes do you kind of go maybe I shouldn't know? And now you know you know that what you're missing out on. That's a great question. I I think it's a little bit of both, but I think it weighs more heavy now for me that blindness is more freeing and it is limiting. Meaning that, like I had a good friend recently who was taking a passport picture. He must have taken 20 pictures <laughs> trying to get the perfect picture, right? Yeah. I go to the, I go and I just stand there and they take my picture and I trust that it's good, right? <laughs> it's a little bit liberating because mm-hmm. you're not so caught up in what something looks like or looking good or playing the part right. And the other thing I'll say is that it's allowed me to see a side of the human nature of people in a positive way. If I was fully sighted and I was going to, let's say, my accountant, I would get out of my car, I would go right to the suite, and I would open the door, and I'd go right on in. I don't do that. I take cabs, and I take ride shares, and I I get to where I need to go, and oftentimes the driver walks me to my suite, and I hold their arm, and we chit-chat about the day, Mm -hmm. and then usually once I go inside, then my accountant guides me to the chair. But see, it's a way of touching people Mm -hmm. and connecting with people in a different way than I would if I was fully sighted. What about your sisters? You said that you were all diagnosed with this. How are their vision to date? Um, Theirs is actually probably a little bit like mine. I would say my eldest sister, uh, hers is probably a little bit worse than mine. Mm -hmm. And I would say our middle sister might actually be a little bit better than mine. I think I'm the one that's in the middle, even though I'm the youngest. (laughs) But the thing is, is... I I was told a long time ago by a mentor of mine in IT, she taught me about, a lot about low vision aids, and one time she said to me, Nancy, I think we should, you know, 
up your ante here. I think you should learn this type of technology because your vision's getting worse. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that because that means I'm acknowledging or it's Mm -hmm. real that it's getting worse. But I was so glad that she did that. And in the spirit of that, you know, I've really taken on learning Braille and learning how to use the white cane. And I'm a little bit more open to all that than I think my sisters. And it's just because I understand the value of getting ahead of something. I don't want to get to the point where I'm restricted. What does it look like a holiday for you or, you know, something a little bit out of the ordinary? Can you do holidays? Can you do all of these different things or is it easier to stick to routine? No, I, 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 I like to try new things. But I definitely stay in my lane, meaning that um, it has become a bit harder to play like card games, right? Mm. You know, I can't sit down and look at a deck of cards because I can't see them. Now, I could team up with somebody else if we're playing in pairs. So in some ways, there's things I can't do so much on my own anymore like that. But I could play any game with a partner right? My brain is still good. I just can't see, right? So I think sometimes you just have to make adjustments and be willing to compromise a little bit rather than getting angry or upset or wishing my vision was different. You know, I'm just going to say, you know what? I'm going to play a game with a partner and I'm going to have a good time doing it. (laughs) Not sitting there sad, worried, frustrated that I can't do it myself. How about your friends? How have they taken to this and helped you? I would say my friends have been great. In fact, one of my friends, this was maybe 10 years ago now, she actually said to me that one day she squinted her eyes and she tried to understand what it would be like to be me navigating around her home. And I've had other friends of mine who have said, you know what, Nancy, do you have to do, you have to go anywhere? Do you want to do any errands? And what would take them like an hour to ping pong to different stores would take me a lot longer to do. And what I'm trying to say here is that we all have the ability to make someone's life easier. And while they might be able to drive me and go do errands, I give back by being a good listener, a good friend. Yeah. And speaking of being a good listener, in 2008, you launched your business Living Full Out with the intention of helping others realize their dreams. What are some of the tools that you use with your clients trying to find, you know, be it a life partner, a brand new job, that promotion or overcoming adversity? Are they sort of common tools across all, all sort of disciplines or are they all quite isolated? It's going to be a little bit different depending on what somebody is trying to do because when it comes to matters of the heart, sometimes it's not about common sense. It's about following your instincts, following your your passion, right? It's, it's trusting. It's, relationships are very much about following that, you know, inner sixth sense, I guess I would say. Now, when it comes to career... That's where I tell clients, let's get creative. Let's, let's take what you like about a certain career and see what options we have that, for multiple careers that share in, in your interest. And so a lot of times people, you know, somebody might say, 
This is kind of an extreme example, but I want to be a firefighter. Great. But does that mean that you actually have to be the person running into the burning building that's on fire? Mm. No. That means that you could contribute to the overall safety of people in many different ways. Maybe it's education. Maybe it's fighting that fire. Maybe it's working for the department in some other way. So I like to give my clients the bigger picture that life is full of color, right? If you're going to color with a box of crayons, you don't just have one crayon, right? You have about five different shades of blue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about a promotion or, I mean, I I say this because we're coming into the end of the year and you're looking at a new fresh year and lots of people want to start the new year with a clean slate, whether that is, you know, looking at a new opportunity next year or breaking up with their partner or finding the love of their life. These are all things that are quite common. What would be your advice to these people, you know, taking 2020 as a clean slate? Is it something that you would suggest or is it something, let's process it and just slow down a bit? Oh, I definitely say go for it because isn't it rather ironic that we're heading into 2020? So this is the year when you want to have that 2020 vision for your life. You know, what do you know from the past that you miss, that fired you up, that you wish you could do again? Well, let's bring those into the new year. What are areas of your life where you made a mistake or you say to yourself, I'm never doing that again, (laughs) right? Those are elements that you want to put in the past. And I'm a big fan of putting together lists, and I like to put deadlines to my lists. So I find that it's very helpful. Don't come up with a list of like 20 goals. Pick one goal, maybe up to five goals. And then for for every goal, break down what is required support-wise, resource-wise to achieve that goal. And resources could be time, money, and people. And then you want to put together kind of a a time frame for when you can reasonably hit certain benchmarks in achieving that goal. So the problem is, is when people want to achieve something, they kind of run into it without a plan, your results are going to be all over the place. But if you have a measurable plan, like a map, then you're going to get to where you want to go. Sounds easier than than sometimes what it is. Do you think that sometimes it's easier and people find, I mean, you talk and this is what you do. This is your bread and butter, right? But some people would find it really hard to give themselves measurable goals, you know, that they can actually go and achieve. They might, or they might set them and they might not be realistic or, or they, you know, like they might, you might put a goal down and it might not actually, like you, to your point, you might not want to be the firefighter. You haven't looked at all the, all the options. So do you suggest getting some support, you know, like somebody like yourself in these situations if you not really feel like you're getting any traction? Absolutely. I mean, if you can get a life coach, a business coach, somebody to keep you accountable to sit right beside you and get creative and kind of come up with that plan, then I absolutely recommend that. If for some reason the pennies are tight right now, then find a like-minded friend, neighbor, relative that you can run with, 
right? Somebody who has your same spirit, your same desires to achieve a goal. And the other thing I want to say is the reason why I like people to put together a plan and have all those benchmarks is let's say your plan is to lose 10 pounds. And let's say in that plan, you're going to go to the gym every day, right? But let's say on the first day, you don't go, you oversleep. You're going to say, okay, well, okay, it's only one of five days. I'll go tomorrow. I'll work out four days, right? But let's say on the next day, something happens and you still don't go, right? Then internally, there's going to be this shift where you might feel like you're letting yourself down. Don't fall into that emotional trap. But what you want to look at is what are you putting ahead of yourself? So who are you putting ahead of your own needs? What are you pushing off the day before that kept you from moving along in the new day? So there's a lot of learning. When we trip and fall, there's a learning in looking down at the ground going, oh, there, sure enough, there is a crack there. There is a bump there, right? But we don't know the cracks and the bumps are there until we start walking. So you have to start walking. That's, good. That's great advice, Nancy. I have a question. It's slightly, I don't know, I don't even know if I'm being insensitive here. But, you know, you look at your life and your journey and you definitely, from my understanding, just talking to you quite briefly, that you have overcome adversity. I think losing your vision is a huge, huge, huge impact on someone's life and a huge adjustment. And like you said, you know, you set out to have, you know, a career in broadcast and you still have had that, but it slightly has changed. So what I want to ask is when you have clients who potentially have come over, you know, have overcome adversity or they're going through some issues or potentially going through issues that aren't that big a deal but absolutely consume them and make them feel somewhat sad or down or having issues with it. But compared to, say, your journey, it's minuscule and you think, I could fix this in one minute. You know, I wouldn't let this get to me. Is that sometimes hard? Is that a strange question? <laughs> you know what? Um, hardship is hardship, right? Challenge is challenge. Heartbreak is heartbreak. Um, and everybody's going to be different. So remember earlier I shared with you about a friend who took almost 20 different passport photos, right? Think about the agony that he went through every time he looked and it wasn't quite right. I'm sure he thought to himself, gosh, I wish I had lost weight. You know, what's wrong with what I'm wearing? What's wrong with this camera, right? There's a lot of frustrations. Now, I might say to myself, being legally blind, gosh, I wish I could drive. I, I, I wish I could read this piece of paper because piece of paper is just blank to me. And it's the same frustration. It's just at slightly different levels. So it's not about competing, okay? So I think everyone has to just kind of honor what each person goes through. But what I would say is when you're sad, cry. Mm. When you're upset, go over to your pillow and punch it a couple times, <laughs> right? Or scream in the car, right? I mean, it's good to get those frustrations out because otherwise you're kind of like a soda can. What happens when you shake up a soda can mm. and you pop the top? It, it explodes, explodes right? Exactly. So when you're having an emotional breakdown, flush it out of your body, but cap it. Don't let it become a week, a month, in some cases a day. 
be sad, be angry, flesh it out, but then don't let that prevent you from your greatness. Mm. Living full out is your business. So what does living a full life look like, Nancy? Living full out means that you maximize your time. So whether that is the 24 hours in a day, whether that is every day in the year, or whether that is your life. And we're naturally going to prioritize our life differently as we get older. It just things kind of shuffle around in terms of what we want to put at the forefront. But that's the exciting part of life. So a lot of our clients that have been with us for years, it's exciting to see them conquer certain goals that they had and achieve them. But then other ones, I see them grow and mature and they kind of let it go. They're like, you know what? I don't know why I fought so hard for this. Mm. I'm over it. Mm. Moving on, <laughs> right? And and I think you have to look at life with humor in your heart because if you let life be this big, scary bear and, you know, everything's tough and it's always a big, steep hill, then it will be. But if you allow yourself to do things and to enjoy life, and, and find the humor, then you'll laugh your way through life. But it is a choice. Speaking of laughing your way through life and being happy, I always wonder, I mean, being happy is something that we chase and you want to feel, and it's, an, it's a nice feeling. Being feeling happy is, it's a beautiful feeling. I know I like to feel happy more than I feel sad, absolutely. Can you feel content and happy 100% of the time? Well, it depends on the day and it depends on the circumstances because it it is hard to be happy when you're going through a breakup and it is hard to be happy when you're having a financial stress Mm. in your life, but you can be content. You can be grateful for what you do have. One relationship exits your life you become really grateful for those you do have. Mm. One financial hardship occurs, you, you become grateful for what you do have in terms of possessions or a job or whatever. And so, again, it's this negotiation with life. You know, we've all, we've all heard the saying that life is like a game, right? Play it full out. And you truly do want to do that. It doesn't mean that every time you play the game, you're going to get the same result. It's just like a rolling the dice, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to get a six every time. And so you just have to be willing to play the game and trust in the decisions you make. If you make a wrong decision, you know what? You'll do better next time. Nancy, there's a lot of people out in the world these days and because of the financial stress and the way we live our lives and in the change in the last 10 to 15 years, there's a lot more pressure on us uh, as whether it's as parents in work, in socially, there's, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of pressure we put on ourselves to the point I would argue that there's a lot of people out there who aren't content at all. How do they find just a little bit Find your way to being content is kind of like peace, okay? So nothing is ever going to be perfect. And I don't even believe that's perfect people, right? Perfect Mm -hmm. doesn't exist. The charm of life is in the imperfections. So 
when you're feeling out of sorts, that means that there's an opportunity to grow, to learn. And if everything was perfect, you were making all the right money, you had the best relationship ever, and everything was running along smoothly, you know what? Believe it or not, that actually drives some people crazy. They look for something to be wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and so and so what is whatever's going wrong in your right in your life, I want you to embrace that and and just figure out, okay, I'm gonna crack this code. And so when you say to me that some people are not content it's because they're not in peace. But what I want everybody to understand is you're never going to be fully in peace in all areas of your life, okay? The goal is that hopefully something's going well, you know? Hopefully not every aspect of your life is 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 unpeaceful. But find that one lane, that one road that's going well and really run down that. Um that's kind of how you get yourself onto a, a more supportive, healthy track. Great advice. Thanks, Nancy. Now, we're coming to the end. We have two questions that they are a little bit cliche. It's what we do in 21st Century Women. And one is a book that you would recommend or even an audio book. Can you read books, Nancy? You know what? I actually read a lot of books. Yeah. And I, but the thing about books, and I wanted to just kind of share a couple of things, is I, I'm not big on referencing a book title mm-hmm. because I want to make sure that what, what is good for me is not always good for another person. Yep. But I want everybody to consider the book that is going to grow them the most. So sometimes when you're picking a book, think about what you need most in your life. If you need adventure, then pick a book that's going to take you on adventure. But it might be worthwhile if you're looking to advance in your career, pick somebody that you really admire, whether they're famous or, or somebody kind of behind the scenes who's done well in their career. Study them. How did they get to where they were? What pitfalls did they have? And then pick a book and, and learn from that person's journey. And sometimes it's just nice to pick up a book that's almost like junk food for the mind, Mm. right? Not everything has to be so serious. Pick up a book that's all about humor, and every time you read it page by page, you're laughing. So just figure out in a book what do you need most out of it. Great one. And a quote that you live by or one that might inspire you? You know, there's a quote that I like, and uh the quote is, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> and that one is very true to fact, right? Because the thing is, is just when we think we have life figured out, just just when we do everything to the T, it's not going to go that way. And maybe that is why I went legally blind, is because... It's hard for me to have everything perfect. It's hard for me to put everything right into play uh, because I do rely on the support of others. I do have to be very patient with my time. And so, again, that's one of the quotes I live by. Which is great. Thank you, Nancy. And thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing. I think it's just we're just giving the surface on just a bit of your story and, and the journey of you losing your eyesight. But, yes, you might have lost your eye, losing your eyesight, but... 
man, you're doing some great stuff and uh, living full out. I think it would be so beneficial for so many people. So if, if anyone's interested, they can jump on Instagram or your website and certainly uh, listen to other podcasts, find out some more information on your blogs and all sorts of stuff as well. So thank you for your time, Nancy. Thank you for opening up, sharing and uh, have a lovely Christmas. Well, thank you. You too. And I wish everybody a great holiday and go out there and live full out and remember to laugh. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to laugh. I love it. Thanks, Nancy. <laughs> thank you. You've been listening to 21st Century Women podcast with Jenna Watts. To hear more stories about fabulous women doing interesting things, you can subscribe to the 21st Century Women podcast via iTunes or Spotify. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can post a review on iTunes or at jennawatts.com.au slash podcast. On the website, you can also check out the latest blog posts and notes on each podcast. Until next time.